The home video update is sponsored by you. Yes, you. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash home video update to join as a patron to unlock exclusive membership benefits. Thank you for supporting the home video update. Hi guys, it's Mike. It is just before 7am on the 18th of December 2022. I know it's been a couple of weeks since the last one. Um, A lot has changed since the last one, um, which I'll go through a little bit later on. Um, For now, we'll do the normal basic standard um, plan of the podcast. So we'll start with what I've been watching. Um, yeah, I've done I've done a few little bits here and there um, in that I've sort of caved and bought some things maybe I said I wouldn't ever buy. Um, I've got a very good deal on the Back to the Future trilogy, um, 4K. Now, it is crap. Um, it's, it's not a DNR disaster. It's not Terminator 2 or anything, but it isn't right. Um, it could be a lot better, I think is the way to say that. Um, the main thing is the remixed audio. Um there's no need for it. There's no need for it. You don't need to have remix audio as the only audio choice. You need to have a choice of these things. It's meant to be archival. I've said this a million times. Um, but they're, they're okay. I mean, I got them really cheap. I think it's a Black Friday deal. Oh, you already starts already. I've got an energy drink. Hopefully that carries me through. Um, so, yeah, it's... I watched all three of them um, pretty much back-to-back near enough. Um, and yeah, it's, they're not, they're not disasters. Um, I'd seen the screenshots, I've seen bits in motion, um, and they were okay, but they weren't great. Um, they could have been great. They could have been these lovely archival releases, like I say, but they're not. Um, all it means is Universal could potentially do another release further down the line, which I could see happening, to be honest. Um, so that that remains to be seen. Um, I haven't dipped into any of the extra bits and bobs because it's pretty much the same stuff that was always been on the Blu-rays and DVDs. Um, I mean, I own the Blu-rays because I got them again really, really cheap. Um, I don't know what I paid for this set. I think it was under fifteen pounds for the three, which I thought was really good deal um, and definitely worth doing. I got a voucher for. eBay. There was a voucher that coincided with something else for someone else send them cheap and a black friday deal or something i can't remember to be honest um but i thought it was worth a shout just to 
I don't know. I wanted to own a better version of it. The only versions I've got of two and three that I would watch are the HGTV rips, and they are blocky and horrible, and the old, you know, the worst of the MPEG-2 compression you've ever seen that was on American HGTV. Um, I had the DCP of um, the original Back to the Future, the full file and the recoded file and all these other bits and bobs. I've always got them on Laserdisc. I've got the DVDs. Um, I think I've got the misframed original DVDs somewhere. The Oh, my God, yawning again. It's the Yawning Podcast, that's what it is. Um, yeah, the original misframed DVDs are somewhere, I think, um, in the trilogy set. And I've got the Blu-ray set, again, because I think I got it for absolutely nothing. When I shut my Blockbuster down... Um, most of the stuff, we've found the 90% off code on the system, so we put everything through at 90% off, so I think I paid, like, a pound for the trilogy box set. Um, I wanted a goodish way of watching it. I want a good way of watching the, the second and the third more than anything. And they say they're not disasters, but they are not right. They don't, they don't look like they should look. Um, they could look a lot better. Cocking a pointless remix audio. Um, I got... Um, two movies in my local HMV. Um, it was a two for 25 deal, I think. Or was it two for 20? It was one of the two. Um, I got Joe Carnahan's Smoke and Aces. Um, a film that didn't do as well at the box office it's probably deserved. Which is really annoying because it did deserve to do a lot better than it did. I think the trailers were selling it as this out and out like stupid action film and it is but it isn't you know when it gets to the end and it all amps up when they get into the um, hotel it goes nuts but it's not that film it's really disjointed and mad and that's why he got the a-team because he could juggle all that and i like the a-team it's not a perfect movie it's not a great movie but it's a fun movie and that's all i wanted from it um but again remix audio no need for it the film came out in 2006 so there's no need for it's not egregious, it's not terrible, but it was a really good sound mix anyway. Um, I've got the Blu-ray somewhere, which I'll probably end up giving to my brother. Um, but I, I still like that movie, and I still go to bat for it. I think it's great. Um, I finished my Star Trek trilogy and watched Star Trek Beyond. Um, I think it is probably still my favourite of the three. Um, I don't really know for sure. Um, I haven't done my ranking of... The others ones, yeah. I'm, I never rewatched them all. That was the point. Rewatch them all, so I could go back and do the rankings and everything. Um, I don't know. Um, I like it a lot. I like it more than Into Darkness, obviously. But though Into Darkness does win me over the IMAX scenes, which is is pretty fun. But it, yeah, it's it's a fun little ride. It's silly. It's just fun. Um, I watch Fallen, which I've always called The Fallen, but it's just Fallen. Um, which is the Denzel Washington film director. Was it Gregory Holbert who directed it? Yep, Holbert who directed it. A serial killer movie that basically sold DVD. Um, I remember it being a big DVD thing in the Snapper case. It was like a big early, early DVD that everyone really picked up because it was like beginning of the format. There's nothing else to watch. It came out in 98, which is when DVD was starting to pick up. So it was obviously the big thing. Um, I think I rented it on DVD the first time I saw it. I didn't see it in the cinema, which is rare for me in a serial killer movie, but I didn't see it in the cinema. Um, rented it on DVD and quite liked it, but I don't think I've seen it since then. I don't think I've seen it in HD, and I don't think I've seen it in a very long time, but 
it's okay. It doesn't really go anywhere or do anything. It feels like it's a couple of cuts away from like a really effective serial killer movement. It doesn't really work. Um, I watched that streaming on Prime or Netflix, one of the two. I think it's Prime because it was set on my list on Prime for ages. And I thought I'll watch that and they took it off. As you know, this podcast is about is buy stuff so you can't get it taken away. But it's a film I didn't want to buy unless it was like in a really good deal or really cheap on a charity shop or something. Because I remember thinking it was okay, and I still think it's okay. Um, but it didn't really sort of light, light me on fire. It's It's got some good performances in it. It's got some good bits here and there. But it was when Denzel Washington was in everything. And I don't say the quality suffered, because he was still a good actor. But it didn't really go anywhere. Um, it's fine. It's something I will pick up eventually, because I do like a good serial killer movie. Um, and it's worth watching. Maybe there's some deleted scenes or something else on the Blu-ray that I could have a look at and see if, oh, I can see where they're trying to go with this film. The other film I got in my two for whatever it was in HMV was National Lampoon's Animal House. Um, again, stupid remixed audio. It should be a mono soundtrack. It's got DTSX, DTSSX. Um, but it's actually, for Universal, a decent looking disc. Um the Blues Brothers should have looked like this, really. It doesn't. It looks like crap. Even um, worse, it sounds like crap. Um, but the picture quality is fantastic. Um, it looks pretty good. I mean, it's been managed a little bit because it's universal. It is what it is. But it looks better than Back to the Future does. Um, it's still a funny movie. It's less egregious than something like Revenge of the Nerds with the, the sex caper comedy stuff. It's still fun. Um, I still think John Landis is a um, a murderer because he is, but I think it's good to watch. I think it's it hasn't dated that badly, and it still holds up for the most part. Um, haven't looked at any extras on it. I'm pretty sure they're all the same from all the previous releases. Universal doesn't tend to go the bat for new bits and bobs. Um, then I got into a little thing of. And it only lasted, like, two days, because um, I was still working at this point, um, where I wanted to watch, because it was really snowy in the UK, and frosty, and horrible, and freezing cold, I didn't want to watch Christmas movies, um, I wanted to watch snowy movies, so the first thing I watched was 30 Days a Night. I can remember watching 30 Days a Night in the cinema with my brother, coming out, walking home and it was really thick fog and then it started snowing it was the freakiest thing in the world you couldn't see and you had the snow um and it was late at night and it was amazing it was somewhere around halloween and it came out in like november um but it might have been a preview or something for halloween i can remember going to see it because it was a spooky season sort of thing and this film still holds up it's fantastic um watch it on blu-ray it is effective it's well directed well acted the sound mix is amazing i think it's a fantastic movie that deserved way 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 more plaudits that it got um it's a shame really that didn't really go anywhere i know people some i've heard some people talk about it but not many to be fair um every now and again you hear someone go oh that film oh that was good oh that film yeah i know that film but it's very rare. I mean, David Slade, who directed it, should have gone on to direct some really amazing stuff. But I'm just looking at what he did. He only did, like, didn't he want the Twilight movies? 
We did some episodes of Hannibal, some episodes of Breaking Bad. Yeah, Twilight Eclipse, which was the end of his theatrical career by the looks of it. Hard Candy. Um, lots of Muse videos. POD, Apex Twin videos. We did Hard Candy, then straight into 30 Days a Night, and then literally did nothing else, which is kind of a shame. Um, well, he's got a film called Red Bird Lane. Eight strangers arrive at an isolated house, all for different reasons. So he's actually doing a RTV movie. With Susan Sarandon and Crispin Glover, though. Hey, okay. Jamie Clayton, Danny Houston. All right, this might actually be quite good. When's this out? 2021. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's it's already out then. Okay. And I can't find any details about... Oh, an air TV pilot. So it's got a massive cast, lots of stuff. Seems quite promising. And... Yeah, yeah, kind of goes nowhere. That's that's unfortunate. Um, yeah, David Slade is a good director, and he should have done more. And it's that's heartbreaking that he's literally gone nowhere. Because um, it's a really effective thriller. It's when Josh Hartnett started transitioning into actually being an actor. Um, I like Mr. Mr. George in it, and Ben Foster is the best. Me and my brother have this thing about Ben Foster that <clears throat> we always said that he's... You never see him and Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi in the same place. And then I messaged him because I watched that horrible... Oh, God, what's that Marky Mark film? Um, begins with a C. It's not collateral. It's contraband. <clears throat> that is terrible. Um, but also, there's a scene where they're both together. I'm like, nah, it's done with mirrors. CGI, mate. That, that can't be true. Ben Foster's amazing. There's that bit in Alpha Dog. I might watch Alpha Dog today. I'll find my Blu-ray that. Where he walks into an entire party, kicks up some fuss, and then fights an entire party. It's amazing. Um, from the guy who was like... I remember I tweeted Judd Apatow about this, and he replied. Because um, obviously he played someone with um, special needs in Freaks and Geeks. Um, I don't remember if he had autism or Downs or whatever it was. Um, and... I said, was he always like that? Was he Ben Foster always like that? He says, one of the loveliest guys you ever met, one of the hardest workers. And yes, he was always, you know, method. He just went in and he did the job and that was it. And he was like really good. And I just can't talk well enough about 30. If you haven't seen 30, if you listen to this podcast and haven't seen 30 Days a Night, watch it because it's a legitimately fantastic vampire movie. Um, and for this time of year, if you've got snowy cold weather outside, it's the perfect one for it. Um, Obviously, it's a comic book adaptation. I've got the graphic novel. Um, the graphic novel is also great. Um, then I watched Everest, um, a film I saw in the cinema in 3D and loved. Um, it's one of the first 4Ks I bought as well. I remember buying it, and it's got those cool, like, the nice shiny cases that Universal did for a little while. Um, I still like this movie. I still think it's very good. I think it does a lot of things well. It's an effectively directed movie. Um, I mean, oh my God, So this is the weirdest coincidence in the world. So literally, um, I'm just looking up what the director did. Um, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. Balthazar Kormaka. I'm not going to try and pronounce his name. But I saw something just then when I loaded up IMDb of like what he directed. And I always said that I like Denzel Washington better, or I only really liked Denzel Washington when Tony Scott directed him. Um. It's just a thing. I've got nothing against him as an actor or a person. It's just he was better in those things and he was not as good with another director. It just didn't work as well. However, there are two movies. One, Safe House, which I really need to watch again. 
and one's two guns. And I thought, oh, he directed two guns. Oh, okay. That's a very Tony Scott light like movie um, with Marky Mark Wahlberg. That's a coincidence. And I realized he directed Contraband as well. <laughs> so yeah, he directed Contraband. Um, who's in it? Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Caleb Landry Jones is in it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's that's a weird coincidence. Um, and he also directed Beast, which is the thing I talked about on what, the one of the first episodes of this podcast, um, which I actually quite like Beast. I think it's all right. Um, but yeah, it's got an amazing all-star cast, Everest. It's um, one of these films I wish I'd seen in IMAX 3D. I bet it would have been mind-blowing. Um, it's a gorgeous film to look at. It's well-directed. It's got a lot of tension. It tells a good story because obviously it's a true story. Um there's a review here that says no good guys, no bad guys, just the facts as they're known. And it's it's kind of like that. I think they, they did, you know, I was looking for the trivia as I was flicking through it. Um, and yeah, there were some sort of changes from real life, but there has to be dramatic license. You know, there has to be something here and there. Um, it's got a gorgeous, gorgeous um, Atmos Samix. It is really good. I mean, I lament all the time about the fact that no one does good sound mixes anymore, especially in these days of object-based, and maybe they could do more, um, and they don't. Well, this is a good object-based sound mix. It It is really fantastic. Um, it uses the heights well. It uses objects really well. Things whip around you. I'd love to have seen it in IMAX 12 channel mix. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's really good. Um, then I had a little trip. So... Do I digress it? No, I'll, I'll talk to them out of order. It'll be the last one to talk about because it's, it leads into my sort of newsy thing before I get into the actual newsy news. Um, I watched The Frighteners. Um, I've long since said, it's been mentioned on other podcasts as well because I've written into them, that the last good thing Peter Jackson did was The Frighteners. I stand by this. Love Your Bones is pretty good. I don't like the Rings movies. The first one was pretty good. Um, the rest I just don't like. It's just over-reliance on CGI and no heart and no soul. I don't get it. I'm no problem with other people liking them. They're hugely popular. It's just not for me. Um, the Frightness is a masterpiece. Um, I never got the laser disc, which bummed me out. I should still, I still look at every now and again the Universal Signature Series laser disc and the normal laser disc. Um, I will get them eventually. Um, I got the DVD, the original DVD, um, and I fell in love with it there, or I rented it on VHS, one of the two. I went VHS first. So I rented it on VHS. I couldn't see it in the cinema because my cinema didn't get it. The cinema I had in the town I lived in at the time was a three-screen one that only got like the biggest, best stuff, and it didn't get the Frighteners. Um, so watched it on VHS, loved it, got the DVD the minute it came out. Then I got the Collector's Edition Director's Cut DVD, um, which I still have somewhere. My brother got me the Limited Edition Glow in the Dark slipcase on Blu-ray. I've got the normal Universal Blu-ray as well. Um, Disc Junkie um, from YouTube sent me a really nice um, slipcase version, which I don't know where that is. It's in a box somewhere. Um, of it with, again, a glow-in-the-dark case. A really pretty thing, that is. I have to find that and get it out and put it with, like, a Frightness Collection thing. Um, but I picked up the German Turbine release. Um, people who listen to the podcast quite often will obviously know um, I bought it live on air. <laughs> um it came. It was hugely expensive. Um, it's the most I've spent on a single film for a very long time. But it's really nice. I got the new artwork edition. It's beautiful. It's got spot gloss on it. It's a really lovely package. Um, it's got a lot of discs in it. Um, it's got a poster with the original art and the new art. It's got um, 
like a um, version of his um, business card. It's got lots of little bits of tat. Um, it's got a really nice book, which is uh, all in German, so no good to me, but it's beautiful. And I sat down, stuck it into 5.1, put on the director's cut and sat there. And do you know what? There are people on the forums who rightly have um, gone against Turbine because of, you know, things like their upscales and whatever else. And hey, yeah, I've got No Escape. No Escape is the best version you can get of it. That Blu-ray is the best version you can own of No Escape. Is it good? It's all right. Is it proper 4K with a 4K scan of an original master? I don't think it is, no. I think it's an upscale, very good upscale, but it's not not right. Um, it is far from terrible, and it looks really good. Um, and it's got lots of audio choices, including a 2.0 mix, a 5.1 mix, you know. And if I want to watch No Escape, that's the best way to watch it. It's better than any other Blu-ray out there. It is not perfect, but this version of The Frighteners is gorgeous. Now, there is some weird funkiness going on with Grain time to time, but that's because it was an early CGI movie. Um, well, not early CGI, but that 90s CGI. I think I've talked about it before. It's that thing where it's not like when Dupe's step-down generation or whatever else, or when you use an optical... Um, and you lose some sort of clarity and the grain steps up. There was a thing where they were um, basically animating directly onto the film. Uh, Stargate did this, where they put the CGI directly on the film or whatever else did. And it goes dark, for the better want, want of better words. So it's like someone put real D3D glasses on over the film and it goes a bit dark and it, the grain looks weird. Well, that's because it was early CG. That's how they did it. Um, not with real glasses. You know what I mean? It's like an extra on top of the film and a lot of that happens and there's a lot of cg in this film i mean not by like the standard way i mean there's still sets and things there's no set replacements or anything else but it was very early cg it's very good cg still to this day Weta did some amazing stuff there oh god stop yawning but it is fantastic um it looks good it's not an upscale it's not covered in dnr like all peter jackson things are that's why i was worried about this you look at Let It Be or anything else he's done, and they're crap. This is miles better than the Ring stuff looks. This is miles better than Let It Be. This is miles better than anything else. This looks like The Frighteners. It looks good. It sounds good. Um, I want to watch the theatrical cut again, because I think I watched the theatrical cut so much when it came out, but I've seen the director's cut quite a bit and prefer the director's cut, but I haven't seen it enough. And there were actually bits that I watched watching and again, oh, I don't remember this bit. And then halfway through it, I go, oh, no, I do remember that bit because I haven't seen it as much. But it is still excellent. Um, I would recommend it. You might want to wait the four years or whatever it is till Arrow gets their version out because it's very expensive. It's probably already sold out. Um, I got a very low number. I think it was like 300 and something because I think most people went for the original art edition. I like the original art, but I've got it on everything. I wanted that new art. I think it's actually really well done. And I would recommend the disc. I think it's fantastic. It is very expensive. But if you like The Frighteners like I do, I think it's worth it. Um, next, we have um, films I watched yesterday. So very fresh. Um, I watched Man of Steel um, for obvious reasons. The whole news about Henry Cavill and James Gunn and um, Peter Serafin coming in and wrecking the DC Universe and starting again, as they should do, because it was a complete mess and needed bulldozing. So that's what they did. They ripped it up and start again. And I don't blame them in the slightest. Um, I still like Man of Steel. It's got the Zack Snyderisms. It's very, it's a little bit too 
edgelord darky you know it's it's like oh aren't we edgy and dark and oh no no it's 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 superman i mean come on it's got some good moments it's great i love it i love cavill as superman um russell crowe's really good in it i think it's definitely held up well it's got a good sound mix um the 4k looks great i'm sure they could actually do a newer master of it with dolby vision to keep the cheap seats happy and things like that but i don't think it's needed um i just think it's fantastic um it's not perfect at all um but it's worth watching and i'm gonna miss henry as superman but what they should have done is they should have done man of steel batman Affleck batman man of steel 2 batman v superman then justice league that's what they should have done they shouldn't have just gone straight to batman v superman just League. should have got a proper sequel for um superman and we should have got a proper introduction of batman and then they could have done it they just rushed it and it fell apart it should have done it like that oh shall be on it's a shame but it is it still holds up it's still good it's not great it's not superman you know for the movie it's not superman 2 even it's it's still the best we've got in a long time. I still like Returns. It's That's far from perfect, but I like Returns. Um, next, we have um, the worst-looking film I've ever streamed on a streaming service. For an HD modern movie, it's a film from 2003. Now, it could be for two reasons. I watched Welcome to the Jungle. That's a confusing statement because there's lots of films called Welcome to the Jungle. Um also known as The Rundown. It was filmed as Welcome to the Jungle, and that's why there's a line in it, Welcome to the Jungle. And it's released as The Rundown most places, um, including the US, and Welcome to the Jungle in the UK. It is cut in the UK for violence because they wanted to get it out for a 12 rating, and the BBFC said, nope, not getting a 12 on that. Um, so they put it out at a lower rating with cuts. Now, I'm wondering if it looks like crap. As I watch it on Netflix, I don't actually own it. It was very hard to come by. It was released very sparsely on Blu-ray. And then I think it's been deleted. So I can't seem to find it anywhere last time I looked. It was a while since I looked. But I saw it come back onto Netflix. And I thought, do you know what? I fancy watching that. I'll watch it. I remember when The Rock had promise and wasn't Black Adam and, you know, up his own ass. And I'm pretty sure it's the cut version. Judging by some of the cuts made it, mostly in the bar fight. And I think that's the reason it looks so bad. It looks so bad because it's, you know, a crappy edited version. Um, it looks so terrible. From It looks like like a bad DVD. And I kept on to check to see if it was HD or if it's like something that's downloading on the laptop and, you know, killing my bandwidth. But no, it was running full bitrate HD. It's like, okay, that looks crap. It still holds up. It's fun. Um, I think Peter Berg is massively hit and miss as a director. Um, I think this is like his calling card to say, hey, look, I'm not just an actor. I can do really cool action films. Um, and off and on, he's done really cool action films. I, I think people really like very bad things. I thought it wasn't that good. Um, it's not bad. It just doesn't really hit me in the way I thought it would. Find out lights I never saw. The Kingdom I like. I've talked about that. Hancock's terrible. Um Maybe in the original version it would have been good, but it's I don't I don't like Hancock at all. Um, Battleships, god awful. Lone Survivor I never saw because from the director of Battleship, and I forgot who Peter Berg was something. Um, 
Deepwater Horizon, I love. I think that's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic movie. Patriot's Day is pretty good as well. They came out in the same year. Wow. Um, Mile 22, I never watched because it was meant to be terrible. Same as Spencer Confidential. Um, yeah, massively hit and miss. I think he needs to leave Marky Mark alone and go do something else because it doesn't work, does it? Talking of director slash um, star combos, I watched the Tom Cruise, Chris Quarry, Jack Reacher. Now, I saw this in cinema, loved it. I know everyone at the time was crying because Tom Cruise isn't six foot eight. I didn't think it mattered then. I don't think it matters now. I like the TV show. I think, um, what's his name? Josh Hutchinson is fantastic as Reacher. Um, mainly because he is a brick shit house and could destroy you just by looking at you. You know, that's great. Fine with that. Um, however, um, he didn't need to be that tall because he did it with his actions and his looks and his attitude. I think it worked because Cruz has managed to pull it off by just being Tom Cruise, you know. I think it's great. I think it's amazingly well written. It's better written than the TV series because Chris Quarry is a better writer. Um, I think it's well made, well directed. I think it's got great action. You can see why they started working together a lot more after that. I mean, oh, yawning. He was his go-to, um, and he still is his go-to, um, like, script doctor now. Um, he has been his script doctor for a very long time. He's also just a fantastic director, which is kind of scary. Um, he's like a triple threat sort of thing. So, I mean, going through writer, um, Usual Suspects, obviously, his big calling card, Wear the Gun, which he doesn't like, and I've talked to him on Twitter about this. I love the Wear the Gun, and he said... I'm glad that you like it, but I don't. And I'm like, yeah, great. But it is great. The Way of the Gun is a great film. Valkyrie, um, which is his first Tom Cruise like collaboration. And then he got him into direct for Jack Reacher. I mean, he's, he's written some duds, like The Taurus and Jack the Giant Slayer. Um, that's a shame, Jack the Giant Slayer. I didn't know that. I'm go- I was meant to watch that again the other day because it went up on Prime or Netflix or something. I'm like, I remember seeing that in the cinema. Yeah, no. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, obviously fantastic. Um and that got him into the Mission Impossible world. So he went and did Rogue Nation with Cruz, um, writing that. He also wrote The Mummy, which is unfortunate. I think he was mostly there to fix The Mummy, to be honest. Because um, you know, David Coop and a few other people did write it. And he sort of tried to fix it um, and couldn't, obviously. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, Top Gun Maverick, obviously. Um, and then we go into... Mish Possible Dead Reckoning, part one and two. Untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX project. The Prisoner, earlier script. So I'm guessing that's the Patrick McGowan um, thing. And Ice Station Zebra, Zebra rather. I didn't know they were remaking that. Interesting. There's no dates on that, but you know. But obviously the director, he's directed a lot less. Um, the Way of the Gun, Jack Reacher, Rogue Nation, Fallout. Obviously the two Mission Impossible movies. Um, Three to Kill. Which sounds familiar. I don't know what 3D Kill is, but there's no details on that. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the first time he was directing um, Cruise. And I think the sequel is there successful because um, so Ed Swick did it. And it's not as good. Um, it's okay. It just lacks that tight direction that McCrory does. He knows how to direct action. Um, and it's a bit of a shame that it didn't come out as well as it probably could have done. 
Um, Cruz was on not not a flop thing there because he had Rogue Nation, then he had Jack Reacher flop, the Mummy mega flop. I like the Mummy; it's not very good, but I like it. America Made, which is fantastic, but didn't make any money. Uh, <coughs> before he went back to Mission Possibles and everything else, um, but McCrory didn't seem to be listed um, under screenplay for the sequel. I thought he had something to do with the sequel. Nope. Nope. So Marshall Heskovitz, Edward Zwick, who also directed it, and Richard Wenk. So yeah, he must have just produced it then. It's a shame. It lacks the dialogue. It lacks the the fun. I'm going to rewatch it. I've got it on 4K. I'll put it on, just rewatch it, and see what I think of it second time around. But I remember really not liking it as much. Um, it's got its moments, but it you no. Know. So. I've left my previous job where, you know, I didn't have days off or time off and I worked stupid hours and everything was all terrible and everything else. And it kind of got in the way of the podcast. Now, I'm not going to commit perfectly to doing one absolutely every week because I think that's stupid. Um, I'm starting a new job that I've never, you know, worked in before is a lot more traveling. I mean, I could drive to my job in under five minutes from where I am now. Um, this is going to be at least 40 minutes to an hour every day, each way. Um, but I am now working for a major cinema chain. Um, I'm not going to be filling like popcorn and drinks. Um, it's not that type of a job. It's more, I can't, I don't know what I can and can't talk about. Um, obviously there are going to be like rules and things around copyrights and things like this that I can and can't talk about and things. And, you know, I'm not going to be filling in necessarily on, all the details of every DCP ever and oh yeah this was done at this and this I might be able to talk about a bit here and there um I can't I'm not going into too much detail now because I haven't really started yet I start in the new year I've left this job now and I really really want to get into some details on it but I just don't want to blow it yet because it's it's kind of the dream job sort of thing working with that that side of it um like i say it's not taking tickets and stuff like that i have to do that for a little bit because that's how the training involves you've got to know every single part of the job but um it's only during the training period i will be doing a lot more than that and i will potentially know a lot more than that and have access to things and whatever else maybe see films early um i don't know what i can talk about and can't talk about again um haven't started started i'll be training in a different cinema at some point and then go into my cinema. Um, it is kind of a dream job, yeah. I mean, I'd rather be a film director, but being involved in the business at all is kind of a dream, um, especially the technical side of it. I mean, um, I was talking the other day when I was in there about, you know, Avatar having like 17 different DCPs and things like that, and it's fantastic. I was just like, I can talk to people about things like that now, and they don't look at me blankly. So at the moment, I've got no one in the previous job I could really talk to about movies. I mean, one of the guys I talked to liked movies, but his favourite actor was Chris Pratt. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to talk to you about, you know, oh, last night I watched The French Connection. And then double word at The French Connection Part 2, which I like a lot more, even though everyone hates it. He wouldn't know what that conversation was about because he hasn't got the frame of reference. He knows about Jurassic Park, Dominion, Gardens, Galaxy, you know. It's like, there's nothing wrong with that. You can like what you like. Um... But I can actually have a proper conversation. During the interview, 
and asked what the favorite film was and blah blah. And he had a um, true romance quad poster in in the office. And I'm like, well, that's Tony Scott. You know, Tony Scott is the man. I mean, and then going into all these things and. It's like, yeah, my favorite film all time is Thief, you know, Michael Mann movie from 1981, blah, 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 blah. It's basically a template for Drive. And then he said, you know, when I went to see him after the interview, when I got off the job, it's like, you know, you've got this skill, this skill, this skill, this skill, but also you love movies. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, he said, I came through, you can talk about this stuff forever. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I told him I got a podcast. I told him I write like movie reviews and things like this. You know, I have got that background. So on Tuesday this week, um, I drove to my place of work, which is about 40 minutes. Had to sign some bits and bobs, drop some stuff off, you know, that sort of things, you know, right to work, information, all these other bits. Um, And then I drove another 40 minutes to Newport in Wales. Why did I go to Newport in Wales? Because they have a Screen X. It's the only Screen X anywhere near me. Um... I wanted to go there for quite a while. The problem is the times were rubbish. I like, I'm a real stickler for going to see films in the very early afternoon um, or late morning. So, for example, I'm driving an hour and a half to Plymouth on Wednesday to go see Avatar. Now, I'm not a big fan of Avatar, even though I own about 17 copies of it. But I'm going to see Avatar Way of the Water because they are guaranteeing they're going to have it in IMAX 3D and high frame rate. So I'm there, you know. I haven't seen high frame rate properly since Gemini Man. I want to see the adaptive high frame rate that Cameron's doing. Um, I want to see, if I'm going to see this, I'm going to see an IMAX 3D. I saw the original in 3D in a normal cinema. I saw the extended version in 3D in that same cinema. Um, or in scope as well. Um, so it'd be interesting to see this in IMAX. Um, I'm quite looking forward to it, just for the idea of, like, the technical side of it. Um, I'm not going as an employee, I'm not going to name drop anything if they ask me, maybe, but, you know, um, but, you know, I'm going to go for the technical side of it. So I went to see, he said, but you're going all the way there. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) because it's the only place to see Screen X. So I didn't go to the Screen X because the times Um, I was going to go for Wakanda Forever because it has 60 minutes of expandiness versus 20 minutes of IMAXiness. if I went to the IMAX in the end, because they were only showing it from 5.40 onwards, which is stupid. That's a bespoke screen. You can show things all day in it. I don't get why they don't, but okay. Maybe I'll learn this in the future. Um, So I don't know for sure, you know, why they don't show things all day. Some days they do. So I went to see Top Gun Maverick because they were doing a thing. It's back in cinemas, back in IMAX, back in Screen X. Um, £3 tickets. So I thought, well, for £3, it's worth the trip. I'm going out anyway. I might as well just carry on. So I filled the car up with good fuel, um, not cheap supermarket fuel, but good fuel. Um, drove down to the base of work and then drove on to um, the Screen X. Now, getting into the Screen X, um, I got there very early because I misjudged traffic. I thought I'd give myself enough time to get across the bridge and everything to Wales. And um, rocked up about an hour early, sat in the Starbucks, had a um, vanilla oat milk latte, just chilled out and then I thought nah sod it so get my normal thing which is cherry pepsi max and a half sweet half salt popcorn walk up and they must have had a staffing issue or something's gone wrong because everyone there apart from the manager um had no idea where anything was because they're from a different cinema so 
they said, well, I don't know where screen X is. There's screen eight over there. And saying, so, well, it's going to be one of the screen numbers, but the screen X is the format. And so we haven't got a screen X or a thing. And I said, oh, I'm actually the cinema manager for this one. But I haven't started yet. Um, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, and they said, oh, here it is over there. And found it. And I walked in and I was blown away. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen screen X or know what it is, basically the sides of the auditorium are an actual screen. So they look like really light gray, the same sort of fuzzy carpet, I call it, that goes on the walls and normal screen, that acoustic dampening or whatever else, um, and light trapping. Um, they are gray and flat, not bubbly, like a screen almost. Um, they're not a screen, they're still fabric. And there are, I think there's six projectors each side, if not more, pointed at the opposite wall. And during some scenes, the, the walls light up, so the scene extends. And I was wary about this, um, mainly because it's a brand new, silly, weird, you know, fun little thing. But also because it's, you know, does it work? Is it better? Is it worse? You know, what what's going on? I don't understand if it's good. Is it bad? What is it? Um, so I thought, do you know what? Rather than going to see a film I hadn't seen and then Screen X ruins it, especially for the massive trip that I've got to take to do it. What about instead of that, I go see a film I've already seen? Now, like I was saying to my boss, I was like, Is it, have you not seen Maverick? I'm like, I've got two steelbooks of it at home. I've got two 4K steelbooks. I saw it in the cinema in IMAX. I saw it in scope. Um, I love it. Uh, it's going to be in my top five for the year easily. And yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. And I thought, well, let's go see it in Screen X. So basically during some times during the film, the whole of the side, so right front to back, light up with more picture information. Now, I've only seen one film, so I can't say for sure. Now, some of the, it was only the times when the IMAX changed. So I've got the IMAX things dialed into my head for whenever it changed. And it was pretty much only during the IMAX scenes that it did the down the side bit. There was some oddness. Now, this is me being me and we know what I'm like. So the main things that really annoyed me were, now I didn't come away from this annoyed, but let's focus on the negatives first, maybe. So the... Size of the screen light up, yeah? So the sides of the auditorium light up with more picture information. That's a lot of lumens. So it washes out the front screen a little bit. Because in pitch black, that screen looks great. It's got a Barco uh, 4K projector. You know, it's a good laser projector. It's fine. And then all of a sudden, the lights turn on the sides of the screen and it washes out a little bit. That's unfortunate, um, especially during a really bright scene. So the bits in the snow at the end um, are quite washed out. Um, there's also some weirdness in that you can see that sometimes they've stretched the information over to the other side of the screen or almost fake CGI'd things. So you see Tom Cruise or a silhouette sort of very low detail version of Tom Cruise running from the left-hand side and then he appears on the middle screen. Now you're only meant to look and it does, there's a trailer before that says focus on the centre. You focus on the centre and then the sides light up during certain periods. Now, it's meant to be immersive, and I thought Top Gun were really good for the 
fighter pilot stuff because it is and it's fantastic if they had the ceiling as well that'd be amazing i don't think how logistically you do it um but it streaks down the side and you think you're in the cockpit it's really impressive it's like all those little simulation rides you used to see back in the day that that like a little people carrier on stilts that would move and it was like vr or whatever else it's really fun um the film still holds up obviously i won't talk about quality of film i love that film it's great um but it was just it was really amazing to see certain bits and then i started noticing that the frame rate wasn't quite right now i don't know whether it's because I thought about this quite a bit while I was sitting there because I've seen the film so I could think about these things and notice these things and turn my head more and like play more. I don't know if it's because it's motion sickness. If you're in this tunnel of 24 frames per second, does it make you motion sick, especially on a film like that when you're flying in a thing, if it's all running at that same speed because your eyes are catching this stuff? I think it could be that. I don't know whether it is... It felt like it was either every other frame, so like 12 frames per second, and it felt jittery like every other frame, or whether it was just a lower frame rate. And it could be because of that motion sickness thing is what, I, what I've landed on. Can't find any details about the sound formats they use, whether it's proprietary, whether it's just PCM 5.1 or whatever it is. <coughs> it sounded fine. Um, but there were certain times where I was just like, oh, that's weird. Or there was a brilliant moment. I can't remember what it was, but it was... It was, I think it was during one of the briefing scenes that cuts back to fighter scenes, which were in IMAX, so it's in big and here. And there's a bit where you see like a console, and the console's all lit up, apart from the bit on the right-hand wall, which was basically like a still image. <laughs> and it worked, it was fine, it didn't matter. But there were some times that are brilliant, which I've got to, oh, I meant to check that night, but I got him so late, I forgot. I was trying to get bits locked in my head, and there's a couple of bits I have got locked in my head, like when um miles teller and tom cruise are looking at the f-14 and they're on this ridge the snow ridge and looking down on the airfield where i'm thinking how far do their bodies go off and where do they fit and whatever else and trying to get a lock to my head visually i try and do this with films sometimes like the grain here and then see what's like at home or the way the lighting is or there was that bit uh, which i need to check on the 4k and there was a i could actually do it now actually i've got a digital copy on here i could load it up while i'm talking um do i still have it downloaded on here yes i do um if i mute it as well so the sound doesn't come through um yes yeah, so i was i was trying to think of like you know what was going on with this scene this scene this scene and i was going to try and double check to see you know whether they just stretched the image or whether they've done something else whoa Oh, they didn't come through. That was a bit of um, Harold Faltermeyer there. Um, let's have a look. See if we can find that scene. Note before that. Um, just to see, you know, how they did it. Because it's really strange to see some of these bits happening. And there's another bit where they're in the briefing room. And, oh, I can't remember her name. God, what's her name? The female pilot. I can't remember her call sign. Well, she was talking off screen and she was actually in the left hand wall and you could actually physically see her talking um 
like off the screen, which was fantastic. I'm like, oh my god, they've actually extended that scene. That's really clever. Um, but I don't know if that was actually a thing or not, or whether it was just like a weird. I'm trying to like watch Top Gun Maverick now um, on my 4K monitor and not like get distracted from the podcast. But it was really weird to see her talk off. It's only just to the left, like just off to the left, but you could see her talking and opening the mouth and everything and then the sound was coming out but it was focused on someone else on screen which was like a really weird sensation um yeah i don't know what to make a screen x i think maybe seeing it in a different cinema to see if the brightness levels are better or the screens are better because there was a bit of dirty screen effect going on and whether it washes out differently and whether the frame rate was a top gun thing or a cinema thing or a screen x thing i can't tell you um and the only person I know that's seen anything in Screen X, and I had to explain to all my friends, right, this is the scene here. They're on top of a hill. They're looking with a little monocular to see. No, that's amazing. It's literally focused on their faces. Um, you don't see their bodies. But in the Screen X version, you saw the whole body down the side of the screen. So it's either an addition, like a CGI addition that Screen X are paying for or whoever's paying for and Jessica Vazinski is signing off on it or whatever. I don't know. Um it's fantastic to see that, you know, you're getting so much more image. It's like people with ultra wide monitors playing games where they like extend the thing like like the curved wrap round ultra wide monitors, you get that full immersion. It's kinda like that. And now I kinda want that. Um It's something you can never have at home. You probably couldn't have a home version unless they release like stuff for those ultra wide monitors or something, which is you know, kind of crazy. But it's it's really strange to see how I know things have moved on. Um, I see. I'll find that briefing scene. I probably won't have to find it because there's so many briefing scenes and it's all the same, you know. Um, during the movie, um, I know it's definitely one of the IMAX scenes. So I'm just going to quickly flick through and find it. Maybe that one. No. I'm going to give up in a minute, but it's it's really strange to see how that worked. Um, I don't know why I'd see in it again. I was tempted to go see Avatar in it, but I'm sorry, that's an I'm if if I'm going to see Avatar, a film I don't want to see, then I'm going to go and see it in IMAX. I just am. Um, it has to be IMAX for that one. It just has to be IMAX 3D. Um, they've guaranteed in the cinema that the DCP they are showing is going to be on the um, high frame rate version. So I know for a fact that it's going to be the version I want to see. I want to see the high frame rate version. Now, it's only a Xenon protector, so it's only going to be 2K. Don't care about that. I wanted high frame rate. I wanted IMAX 3D. I wanted the IMAX version. That's all I wanted. And that's what I'm getting. So I'm happy with that. Um, but I don't know what coming up, unless... Someone like Chris McCrory said, because he said he was going to push Dead Reckoning further. When I last talked to him on Twitter about it, I said, look, you pushed IMAX for um, Rogue Nation. Uh, not Rogue Nation, um, Fallout. What are you going to do for um, Dead Reckoning? And he said, wait and see. He said, but it's going to be something new. It's going to be something big. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, OK, cool. Trust you. Because you are amazing. I, I get that. I'm happy with that. Um, and I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe if Chris Corey does say, 
hey, look, we've specially filmed with special rigs, new bits for Dead Reckoning for Screen X. Yeah, I'd go see that. You know, I mean, maybe it's more immersive when Avatar is all under the water. Obviously, you get it all wrapped around you. That's kind of cool. Um, I'm in two minds. I need to see something else there or go to a different Screen X. I don't know where the nearest one is comparatively. I think it's quite far away. I think it's like London. So it's like a big trip. However, I always, for my birthday, go to London to go to the dual laser IMAX and the Empire or the BFI. Now they've got laser. I really want to go there and do something different. So maybe I'll stay for a couple of days this time and go to a Screen X down there and see if it's the same same sort of thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it's interesting. It's fun. Um I liked it, but I want to see if the technical issues that I notice are film dependent or something else, you know, see what's going on with that. So that's my news. Um, I now work for the cinema industry in a roundabout way, um, not making films, but, you know, I'm in there, which is what I've always wanted to be. So I'm happy with that. So getting to news. Um, Criterion have announced their March releases. Um, again, there is nothing for me here. David Lynch is in that empire, which is okay. It's not my type of film. Um, I'm not a big David Lynch fan anymore. I used to be, like his earlier stuff, his 80s stuff, um, some of the 90s especially, but kind of drifted away from me. Um, Last Hurrah for Chivalry. I like this film. I love John Woo. I'm not desperate to own a Criterion release in most times because I don't really like their quality control, but if I was going to buy one, it probably would be that. Mildred Pierce is good, um, but nothing I'm going to jump on straight away. And The Chilly Scenes of Winter, um, which is a film I've actually never heard of. Um, the 4K restoration. Um, and I'm sure it's the one thing that, you know, people will jump on me saying, oh, it's the best film ever. Um, it's just stuff I've heard of. Um, we have double news. We have um, MVD. Um, Rewind Collection are doing a 4K and uh, doing Wes Craven's Swamp Thing, which is great. I own the 88 Films release of this, which is the uncut um, international version and the, I think, theatrical version as well. Um, I love Wes Craven. I love Swamp Thing. I haven't seen it in a very long time. I need to watch that Blu-ray, actually. I bought it ages ago and, yep, haven't actually watched it. So that's on my list over the next couple of days while, before I start this new job to get through some of these unwatched movies. Um, so in theory, I will probably pick this up before I watch the 88 Films thing, which is what I normally do. Um, it's great. It's Yeah, it's cheesy. Yeah, it's very cheap, but it's still a DC um, film. It should be released and it should look good. And then Lightyear Entertainment are doing a 4K of Return of Swamp thing. So they've obviously worked together. Now, very much less successful. It's got a ton of extras, though, um, which is great. I think I also have Return of Swamp Thing on Blu-ray. I can't remember if I do or I don't now that I'm thinking about it. Um, let's have a look and see. Um, because if I have a quick look at the cover... I'll definitely go, oh, yeah, I do own that. Or, oh, no, I don't own that. Let's have a look. If I don't, I just won't buy it now. I'll just buy 
the 4K. No, I don't. It's in a cool green case. And it's like 20 quid. Piss off. Uh, oh, it's actually deleted. Blu-ray out of stock is in the DVD that's available. Oh, crap. Oh, is this quite rare then? Yeah, I definitely don't own that. I thought I bought Return of Swamp Thing. Is this one of these things that's now on eBay and is worth a small fortune? I bet it is. I bet it's one of these things that came out and was deleted. But if I'm going to buy it now, I'll buy the 4K. Um, yeah, definitely not great. Oh my god, that VHS is amazing. That's one I used to have as a kid. I might buy that. Um, ooh, cinema poster. Ooh, 30 quid. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked again. Um, I want the Blu-ray. DVDs and Blu-rays. Let's have a look. Return of Swamp Thing. There doesn't seem to be one for sale. Um, which is kind of crazy. I know MVD did Return of Swamp Thing. Um, which is where they're doing the sequel now. Or the original now. And not the sequel. There's not a single one on eBay. That's crazy. Oh my god. So is this like super rare now? And I've just not noticed it. If I change it to sold items. And sort by highest price. Um... 34 pounds there we go one single copy so this must be rare as anything i wish i bought it now it was everywhere at one point i never thought to buy it because i had no need for return of swamp thing over swamp thing well i never okay well i've learned something there um yeah i i will buy them both um because why not um like your entertainment i know nothing about um but i'll definitely pick it up because it's better to get them both. And if you get both in 4K, at least you've got the set then, haven't you? And I think it makes more sense to have both of them rather than one or the other. Um, Arrow Video have announced their March releases. Again, no copy of Desperado. I mean, look, if they're going to start... I don't want to go on a too big a rant. Um, but if she, they're going to start, like, um, putting postcards in and promising these things. Maybe don't do it stupid early because otherwise all you're going to do is end up like missing out on all this stuff because yeah you just someone else get the license maybe or Sony won't license to you anymore or Sony release their own 4k or whatever else I mean it's it's stupid I don't know why I don't know why they keep doing this um I mean, they've started to put things out, um, like uh, Wolf of Wall Street. That was ages ago, and finally it came out. So, I mean, that's great, but for some reason they just... I don't know why. I don't know why they never got around to it. I don't know why. There's obviously reasons behind all this stuff. Um, but yeah, so no Desperado again. We've got Boyhood for Richard Linklater. Um it's fine. I'm not desperate to own it. It's got worse extras than the Criterion release. Um, it's fine. If it was in the deal with the 4K, I'd pick it up. Um, Black Sunday, which is a great little John Frankenheimer movie. Um, shame it's only a 2K release. If it was a 4K release, I'd be more into it. Um, I do like the art on it, though. It's really good cover. Um, original Restored Lossless Mono for the first time on Blu-ray. That's the reason I'd buy it. Um, it's got a 2.0 and a 5.1 track as well. See, this is how you do it, Universal. Um, they've got everything on there. 
Um, it's not a ton of extras. It's it's kind of a shame. Um, but I think I'd pick it up just because I like the cover and I like the original mono. Got four film noir classics collection volume two. It's got Spencer written all over it. Um, which has what is in this release? I have to open a separate page now because it's not coming up. The Suspect, Seeping City, Thunder on the Hill, Six Bridges to Cross. Um, not for me. Definitely a Spencer vibe, though, I think. Um, the House That Screamed, Spain's first major horror film production. Never heard of that. Um, it's every narrow sort of release, though, isn't it? And Knockabout, um, which is a Samo... Yeah, Samo Hung movie. Um, I'm pretty sure I've seen that, and... It's. I remember it being fun. I don't remember a lot about it, to be fair. Um, it's got two cuts of the movie, which is great. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a pretty. I thought they'd go into the new year like hard. I know people complaining recently about the fact that they only seem to be releasing like these, you know, either really, really, really obscure things or. They've mostly been um, complaining about the fact that um, they're releasing these really, really big, like, blockbuster movies, like Robin Hood and stuff, but I want that from them. I want the preservation of these big blockbusters. I want the best version of Robocop I can get in 4K, you know, that's what I want. Now, a lot more up my street, as tends to be the way at the moment is um, Vivision imprint releases for March. Um, I'm going more to them at the moment. I haven't bought many of their things because it's very expensive to do. Um, but yeah, I... Um, yeah, I, I really like some of their things. So we've got Little Buddha from Bernard, Bernardo Bedalucci. Um I don't remember a lot about it. Um, it's been a long, long, long time since they came. I remember it being the big thing at the time. Um, with Keanu Reeves, isn't it? Bridget Fonda, Chris Isaac. Um, yeah, it's. I remember it being like a big controversial thing almost a little bit. And I can't remember why. Um, probably because it's about religion and stuff. But it's got a 4K scan for the original negative, original commentary filmmaker and film historian Jim Hempnall interview with cinematographer Vittorio Tataro um, who is you know an idiot who yeah universum so it's still got the 2.1 to 1 like um, framing because it's got an interview so I'm guessing he said it had to be there um, which is yeah no um, The House of the Spirits which was a film I can remember being at um, video rental shops for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, and years. like it was everywhere um i i don't i'm not in a hurry to watch it um if there was a german release that came out years ago with like really cool cover art i seem to remember um i'm not desperate to see house of the spirits i mean i think i watched it on vhs when it first came out it's one of those things that was around all the time much better and much more up my sort of thing is the second Clive Owen Mike Hodges thing, which is um, I'll Sleep When I'm Dead, which is very good little little thriller. Um, it's 
was it Jonathan Reese Myers? Yeah. Um, Clive Owen, um, Malcolm McDowell, Charlotte Rampling. I think it's great little film that. Um, if you like things like Get Carter and Croupier and stuff, that's definitely worth picking up. Um, the highlight of their um, lineup for me, though, has to be Jacob's Ladder. I'm hoping it's got a new master, but I don't think it has because all it says is 1080p high definition presentation on Blu-ray, which means it's probably the same release, the, the same HD master that's been around for donkey's years, which is a real shame. Um, yeah, I think it's a great film. Um, this is more special features TBC, which is great because I'm hoping they actually add something to this because there's nothing there at the moment. Well, nothing new or interesting. It's got a commentary, feature extra scenes. Um, it's got um, PCM 2.0, which is great. Again, you know, original audio, just please. Nice slipcase, nice artwork. I mean, that's fine. Happy with that. And a film I haven't seen um, called Georgia um, with Jennifer Jason Lee. Um, from the director of Straight Time. I've seen Straight Time. Um, underrated independent 90s film, third performance, JC, Jennifer Jason Lee and Mayor Whittingham, or Winningham rather, received a Best Supporting Oscar role nomination. nomination. Oh, I didn't realise that. Ted Levine's in it as well. I like Ted Levine. Um, and last one is Return to Paradise with Vince Vaughn and Hesh. Um, it's, it's something I saw on VHS, not VHS, DVD at the time. Um, is it late 90s? Yeah, 98. I don't remember much about it. It's nothing I'm going to jump on necessarily. Um, I don't even know who directed that. Let's have a look. Turn to Paradise. Um, Joseph Rubin. Okay. He did what? The Forgotten Money Train, The Good Son, Dreamscape, Sleep with the Enemy. You know, it's it's a bit hit and miss that that lineup. Um. I was written by Rosie Strick, who did um, Superman Lives, um, Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? Or we also wrote Doom, The Glass House, Wolf. He wrote The Saint. I like The Saint. Um, didn't know that. I didn't know he wrote that. Well, I never. That's something I'm going to have to look into then, isn't it? Um, yeah, so um, a decent lineup there, I think. Um, better than Arrow for me, because it's actually stuff I really want to see and buy, rather. Um, Next we have, um, it's definitely going to be in my top five of the year, Banshees of Inishin. Um It's coming out in America and the UK as well on actual disc, which is good because this stuff isn't a guarantee anymore. Um, it's already up on HBO Max, I want to say, already. It's going on Disney Plus, I think. It's next Wednesday, I want to say. Um, which is great because... It's definitely, definitely worth seeing. If you haven't seen it, if you saw in Bruges, um, don't be um, put off by the fact that it's um, like set in the past and it's very Irish. It is absolutely fantastic, really well directed. Um, it'd be nice if there was a 4K release, but there isn't one, especially when um, Fox released Amsterdam in 4K. Um, that's a terrible movie from a terrible human being and is not worth putting out on 4k this should have got a 4k release and it hasn't which is a shame talking of shames um baba hotep um is being released on 4k that's not the shame the fact it's a screen factory release is a shame because we all know my prejudice to a screen factory they are garbage men and women and 
it's going to be crap. It's not going to be a good release. And I'm really annoyed that we don't get a better release from a better company. I still hold out, you know, that maybe someone else will release it. I might end up importing it, but I haven't imported um, Army of Darkness and um, Evil Dead yet. With as much as an Evil Dead fan I am, then that tells you something really, doesn't it? I'm still hoping Studio Canal put out a Army of Darkness 4K and Evil Dead 4K, but nothing yet. Hopefully soon. Um, we have more details of um, Second Sight's release of Martin, uh, the George Romero movie. So there's a 4K release and a Blu-ray release. The limited edition has like a big book and a big box like they normally do. I've got the Arrow DVD somewhere, which is the last time I saw this and the last time I bought a version of this, because obviously it's been locked up behind that. I can't remember his name, but the guy who owns that and Dawn of the Dead has locked them up and charges a fortune for releasing them. Um, so it has a new 4K restoration of the 35mm dupe negative, approved by director of photography Michael Gomrick. HDR, obviously. New audio commentaries, um, which is good. New doc- feature-length documentary. Um, a new score and shows thing. Got audio commentary from George Romero, which I think is from the Arrow release, if not before that. There's two George Romero ones, one with Tom Savini, Richard B. Rubenstein, Michael Gomrick, Donald Rubenstein. So there's quite a lot of bits and bobs on it, which is really good. Um, and some other bits and bobs. I will pick this up. I think I'll get the limited edition. I'm tempted, like I did with the guest, to wait and a few other ones to wait for a normal version. It's only... Where's the 4K? Oh, where's the 4K? It's only 30, £39. That's not bad. I thought it'd be like 59 I mean, I suppose it is only one version of the film, unlike Dawn of the Dead. I waited for the smaller version of Dawn of the Dead because... It was hideously expensive, you know. It was just too much money. Um, and last but not least, one of my favourite movies is finally coming out on Blu-ray. Now, I first saw this movie, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the cinema. Um, I want to say it's 1985. Yeah, 1985. Um, I might have actually seen it on VHS then, because that would have been five then. And I'm pretty sure I didn't get to the cinema until 1986 see Transforms the movie. So let's take that back. I'm pretty sure then I saw it. I might have seen it at a cinema like in... Oh, no, I did. Right, so back in the day, as they do now, they show like older movies. So they show these new DCPs of old movies. Like they show Batman Returns and Batman and whatever else. Um, and like Christmas movies and stuff. They used to show old like release prints of like random 80s films. So I saw Raids of the Lost Ark um, in the 90s and stuff like this. So I did see this in cinema. I remember doing that now. Oh, my God. Um, but not a release. Not a release at all. I would have watched it a lot on VHS. A hell of a lot. I owned it on the release VHS. Um, I'm pretty sure I've got the DVD somewhere. Um, there is a bootleg release in Spain, which I didn't jump on. I was tempted to, but didn't. Because Paramount Home Entertainment are finally releasing Barry Levinson's Young Sherlock Holmes. Um, now, I know this by a different name. Um, I know it's Young Sherlock Holmes, obviously, because that's what it's called. Um, but that's not what it was called in the UK. I'm going to um, just have a look and find out the actual name. There we go. Young Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes and the Pyramid of Fear. 
that's what I know it as. And I've got the original UK quad poster, which costs quite a lot of money, um, which has got that title on it. I've got the Japanese Laserdisc. Um, and I love this movie. I've always loved it. It flopped massively. Um, but for some reason, I liked it. I just always loved it. Um, I'm glad that it has the two covers. So it's got the theatrical one sheet for the UK, a US on the front. And it's got the Pyramid of Fear poster art on the back. The inside is a bit of a mess for the steelbook. I don't care. What I care about and I'm worried about is this going to be the old HDTV master stuck on a disc. And that's all we're going to get. Now, I say worried in that I want more than that. I'm annoyed that it's just got True HD 5.1 because this feels like a disc that was um, made in like 2006 and they just sat around on the master and didn't do anything with it. Um, it shouldn't have 5.1. Um, I mean, it can have the 5.1 if it wants, but it really should just have a a Gobi Surround track, uh, 2.0 track. Um, I just don't think it's going to be... Yeah, I just don't think it's going to be very good. I think it's going to be a standard old HGTV master stuck on the disc. And do you know what? It's 2023. It's coming out. It's about a month away. If this is the best we're going to get, then this is the best we're going to get. As sad as that sounds, I'm not expecting anything better. I think this is the best I'm going to get. And I'll take it. I'll say it. I'm just, I'm just like, nope, I'll take it. I can't get any more than this. So... Yeah, fine. I'll take it because I love this movie. I think it's really fantastic and um, definitely something worth celebrating. The fact that we've actually got a release of this coming out because every time they did the Paramount Presents line, everyone kept saying, oh, I really, really, really want this. Or, oh, can we have a copy of this? Oh, where's where's this? Where's this? And I was one of those people. Don't get me wrong. I was definitely one of those people. But it just never came. For some reason, it never came out. I don't know why it never came out. Whether it's some weird rights thing or they didn't have faith in it or whatever it is. But you think when Harry Potter was coming out, this is the exact sort of thing you want to whack on. It was always on TV in the UK. Um, like for years and years and years, it was always on TV. It's probably on TV this weekend. I'm sure Channel 4 show it like... And things. I've got a million recordings on a million DVRs of this in HD because... That's that's what I could, you know, it's the only thing I could get. Um, and finally, there is a actual release that's coming out. And that's great. I just, I wanted more, you know. Um, it's an important movie. You know, it was the first time that... Um, oh... Like ILM did like the first ever CG character ever, um, which is fantastic. And that's why, yes, it painted directly on the film using a laser. So it's actually on the film. Um, this is fantastic. You know, I I need to get a frame and get it framed, um, that poster and put it up because it's legitimately one of my favorite movies. And it's not perfect. I mean, thing is. I am absolutely terrible with this. You can talk about the um, Basil Rathbone, Sherlock Holmes, and 
even like Fraggle Rock, Ampersands, Sherlock Holmes, which I like. I've always liked a Sherlock Holmes movie. But I think that if you go to like a real cinephile aficionado sort of place and talk about um, what the good ones are, the bad ones are, they'll probably go to things like that or, you know, something rather highbrow or maybe even like the 7% Solution, which is fine. No issue, no issue with that movie. However, and it's probably going to upset some people. My favourite of the of the um, um, Sherlock Holmes cinematic releases are Young Sherlock Holmes and Without a Clue. Um, Without a Clue is a legitimately amazing movie. In the like, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's Ben Kingsley and um, Michael Caine. Um, Michael Caine plays Sherlock Holmes and Ben Kingsley plays um, Watson. And um, yeah, Watson is basically the genius and Sherlock Holmes is an idiot actor he's hired to play Sherlock Holmes. It's fantastic and it is really well made. Um, But it's a sadly forgotten movie. I think there is a, it might be a Kino release. I'm just checking now. Um, but I'm pretty sure it's region locked and that's why I don't own it. Um, there is a Kino release. There's a, is that a French release? Oh, there's a few releases. Let's have a look at some of these. So there's, oh, Olive Films. Okay. And it is region locked. That's why I never bought it. Um, there is a, is that Spanish? Yeah, it was a Spanish release, so probably a bootleg, probably a bootleg of the olive version, to be honest. Um, another Spanish release that is, um, again, probably a bootleg of the olive. It's got English soundtrack. Doesn't say anything else details-wise. And there's another release which is from is that Italy, France. There's a French release which also has English, yep, also has English stuff and comes with a DVD as well. Um, how much is that? 14, how much is that bootleg Spanish one? 9.99, let's see how much this actually is. Ooh, ooh, I might buy this right now. Should I just start buying things all the time on the streams? Um, ooh, do I buy it with a copy of... Um, and the eagle has landed as well for 21. No, I've got eagles landed. Thank you very much. Um, I don't like using Amazon Spain, but I know it's a bootleg, but who cares? Um, I might buy that now, actually, because Without a Clue is great. And I don't own Without a Clue. I think I've got the DVD, but I haven't actually bought it in a very long time. Um, yeah, it's it's legitimately great. I mean, it's got Jeffrey Jones in it as the Strad, who is fantastic. I mean, obviously, Jeffrey Jones ended up being Jeffrey Jones, which we don't talk about anymore. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a weird thing that who I like, the things you end up liking are either defined by what you watched in childhood or the things that grabbed you or inspired you or whatever else. And I know a lot of people obviously think that, you know, the more serious Sherlock Holmes or the more grown up stuff are the best stuff. And I can go with that. I'd agree with that hundred percent. However, those are my two favorites. Um, and I'm really happy that Young Sherlock Holmes is finally coming out so I can actually 
you know, sit there and quite happily watch it of a Sunday afternoon. It's a real Sunday afternoon movie for me. It's the th- sort of thing it would be on. You'd go and rent it. If there's nothing else, if you wanted to rent whatever movie you wanted to rent on VHS, you'd go over there to say rent Batman. But all the copies of Batman were rented because, hey, it's Batman, you know, it's sold out completely. Um, that's how these things work. But in saying that, um, I'd I'd rather sometimes I'd rather watch some of those things. You know, it's really weird. You know, sometimes you think, oh, I'd rather see this, or sometimes you know, I'd rather do that. And it's kind of crazy sometimes how these things like flip over um yeah i've 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 always really liked it um oh i'm gonna buy without a clue aren't i i've said to myself this week i've spent enough of myself i've finished off buying pretty much all christmas presents apart from one so what i should do is stop spending money on myself and start you know spending money on other stuff and yeah i'm gonna buy without a clue aren't i do you know what? I'm not going to do it impulsively on the stream. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit down for a minute. I'm going to have some breakfast, chill out, not really think about it. And you know, he says this as he adds it to a car, and then also Google's True Realize see if it's gone down in price. Yes, it has gone down in price. Oh, it's only ten euros. Oh, True Realize is only ten euros. Oh God. Oh God. I've I've kind of added both to the cart. Um, Why have I added both of them to the cart? I shouldn't have added both of them to the cart. Um, Oh, no, weirdly, True Lies is the only thing I added to the cart. For some reason, without a clue, didn't. Add to cart. Thank you. Right, so 19 euros 99. Oh, they've got Ed TV as well. All these bootleg ones in Spain. I need to do a proper episode and, like, research what is available in these bootlegs or not. Because some of them are fascinating. It's got an HDTV master or whatever else, or they've done a copy of something. Um, I know the version of the Shadow is absolute garbage because it was like an older master. Not that the Shout slash medium rare version that I've got is any good, but it's the better version of it. Um, yeah, it's really weird. I like the idea of these bootlegs because they're doing the good work. You know, they're doing the work that no one else is doing, and you're actually getting these releases because um, no one else is putting them out, you know. Fox isn't putting out true lies, you know, as much as I'd love them to. Cameron being Cameron, you know. um, He isn't doing it, is he? So I'd wish that someone had been doing something new and also wish that I had ink in my lovely A3 state-of-the-art printer because I'd make up a cover for them, a find a custom cover. I'm just seeing if um, there is anything to replace it with. Um, yeah, I'm going off on a real, tang- real tangent here, which is kind of my thing, kind of what I do. But yeah, um, no real sort of big focus day. I mean, the focus was really sort of like my news and everything else. I actually have the job I want, um, which is working in 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 a, in a cinema, um, which is great. Um, 
really happy about it. Obviously, I haven't done the job yet. It could be a disaster. I don't think it will be a disaster, but potentially it will be a nightmare. I don't think it will, though. I think it'll be absolutely fine. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I just want to get the sort of the nitty gritty side of it, if you know what I mean. I want to get into the whole... I know how much there'll be quite a bit of it here and there, but not a lot of it where I get into like the whole thing about learning about DCPs, how they're downloaded, what they do, what the thing is of them and, you know, what the stats, the stats are. I could actually talk about stats because it will say, you know, this one's high frame rate or this is. Um, um, you know. 3D or this is 4K or, you know, whatever else, you know. Something like that. I can get into all these things, which is fascinating to me. And I love this stuff. So I'm really looking forward to it. I really am. And I can also get into more stuff around, you know, finding out about, you know, some some little bits behind the scenes. I mean, I'm not going to blow my job for... um you know, the sake of the podcast, as much as I you know, love you guys and I love doing this and whatever else, I'm not going to throw away the job I really, really worked hard for um, to, you know, completely blow this um, over the fact that I talked about something I shouldn't talk about. So we'll wait and see. I mean, there might be stuff to talk about. I might not be able to talk about anything. Um, hopefully my poster collection will increase because <laughs> I like posters. Um, I've just got to wait and see, you know, I've got to wait and see what's going on, what's happening and everything else and see what I do and don't want to do and go from there. Um, I am excited about it. I am happy about it. And I think this is fantastic. Um, but we shall, we shall wait and see. We'll see what happens and go from there. Um, really looking forward to it though um and i've just bought both those discs um that's annoying risky lies as it's translated to which is a great title isn't coming till 30th of january so it's gonna take over a month great um however without without a clue which is translated to no tracks um is coming out coming next month um not next week week after it's 29th december so hopefully i shall be able to talk about those my first two ever spanish bootlegs very soon they are bought Yay! I've spent money on the podcast again, which I said I wouldn't do. But yeah, no. So that's something to talk about in a new one. Um, I say no real main topic today, just um, a little bit of, you know, my news and everything else. There was a lot of news to catch up on from the last two weeks and a lot of stuff I've watched. Um, so go and see Avatar. I will feed back after that end of next week um, to find out what I thought of high frame rate and all these other bits and bobs. And yeah, um, until next week, this is Mike saying, I'll see you next time.